Welcome back to It's Haunted, What Now? I'm your host, Lainey. Well, I'm back after a long and unexpected hiatus. I had some wonderful things happen in my personal and professional life, but I am proud to say that a schedule has been figured out and I'm back for good. I've missed reading your creepy tales and I was very happy to come back to some truly interesting stories. Okay. Ready to get spooked? Hinsmo heard the call for creepy kid stories and shares the experiences of his then four-year-old son. So it all starts when my son was four years old. He's eight now. We lived in a different house at the time, and he used to tell me that he would see this man in his bedroom at night. Okay, weird, but at the same time, he's a four-year-old little boy with a very active imagination. I brushed it off consistently and assured him that he was just having a bad dream or seeing things and that ghosts aren't real. This went on for some time and he would mention it every now and then. He also seemed to have recurring nightmares and would wake up at night sometimes just freaking out. Many a night, I would sit on the floor of his room until he fell asleep. This escalated a little and one day he had drew a picture on the wall of a man with a black crayon that had a hat on and also what looked to be upside down crosses. Again, I brushed this off and chucked it up to TV or something even though at that age, I didn't let him watch scary movies because I didn't want him to have nightmares or get freaked out. We eventually moved from this house into another and his sleep problems seemed to resolve themselves. Now, flash forward to today. I'm talking about the house we used to live in and I asked him if he remembers living there. He says, yeah, that was the scary house. I kind of chuckled and was like, scary house? What do you mean, buddy? He says, that was a scary house. At night when I was in my bed, an old man used to stare at me when I was trying to sleep. He looked old with black clothes. Now, this obviously freaked me out and I asked what he was talking about and if he meant the bad dreams he used to have. He instantly tells me, it's not a dream. He would stand there and stare at me and then he would just go away. I think he lived in my closet or something. I talked to my wife about it and she said that he had told her the exact same thing a while back. Now, like I said, he does have a wild imagination, but I feel like if it were something imaginary, then he would have forgotten it by now. The only time I ever experienced anything strange there was the first few nights I stayed there. The house needed painting and with the electricity and water hooked, I moved in before my wife and son and would just paint till I got tired and then crash on an air mattress. I didn't see anything, but the place just made me feel uneasy for some reason. I, of course, just chalked it up to it being a new place for me and pretty empty at the moment. I just told myself that I was freaking myself out and would fall asleep with the radio on and a small light. Anyone else ever have their kid freak out on you like that? Whether it's true or not, it boggles my mind and it's scary to think about for sure.
Listen, that must have been terrifying to hear after four years. I understand trying to explain things away, and I'm honestly not sure how I would help my kid in that situation other than saging, but I think it depends on your relationship and understanding with the other side. Now, I've mentioned to you listeners time and time again that Ouija boards are no joke, yet I still get an influx of stories, which means I will always have content for an episode. But this next story from Rue Experienced is one that I had to record during the daytime. Before I begin, I'd like to say that the paranormal is something that I have always been incredibly fascinated with. When I was nine years old, I would occasionally have these moments where I would hear multiple voices in my head screaming things at me, scaring me to the point where I would just cry while my family couldn't do anything about it. Another time, around the same age, I once saw a bottle cap move two inches in front of me when I was cleaning my bathroom, and the most terrifying one yet was when my cousin and I once saw a skinny, pitch-black figure staring at us from the second story of our family house, so naturally, I've always been curious to see if the whole Ouija board thing was real or not, and if it was, well then, I had multiple questions for it. This all happened when I was a 15, 16-year-old sophomore in high school, while my neighbors slash best friends were freshmen. Although we were all still the same age at the time, I highly doubt that they care if I use their names, so we'll call them Alberto and Victor, and they are cousins. We live in an area outside of the county in New Mexico where there are basically dirt roads, old trees, and an abyss desert. They lived about a mile from my place, which meant we also shared the same school bus. All of us were tight, inseparable little kiddos. One day, Alberto tells me that he bought a Ouija board from Spencer's, and being a complete skeptic, I was totally enticed to see if the rumors were true and if whether or not these things were a scam. We asked one of his friends if we could try it in her car because both of our families would not be okay having that kind of stuff in the house, which she disagreed with. I was desperate enough to just tell him to come over and that we could try it while we dyed our hair. By the time we got back from buying hair dye and McDonald's, it was almost 8 o'clock p.m., so we scurried into my house and I applied the dye to both of our hair when the big moment finally came. I closed my door, and we laid the board out onto my bed, lit a candle, sat across from each other, and asked, Is anyone there? Silence for the next few minutes, this continued until I realized why it may not be responding. During this time of my youth, I was super into New Age spirituality. My dresser served as somewhat of an altar of things that I felt were positive and kept me safe. My Tibetan posters hung on the walls. My Buddha statue greeted whoever came in while my indigenous harvested white sage and my countless crystals all sat next to us. Seeing this as a deterrent for the spirits, I felt that it might work if I removed these things. Round two, we assumed the same positions and again I asked, is anyone there? Finally, 
the planchette very slowly moved to yes. I remember my heart beating so fast and the adrenaline pumping that I'm trying my best to recollect all of the little details as I certainly perplexed me once we started communicating frequently. Alberto asked if it was a boy or a girl when it slowly started to spell T U R N turn O F F off L I G H T light turn off light. It made sense seeing how the board was glow in the dark, but it was definitely a mistake given the entity that we were talking to. I turned the lights off and things started heating up. Are you a boy or a girl? B-O-Y. Boy. What's your name? T-Y. Ty. At this point, I'm squealing and freaking out on my friend, telling him to stop faking it when he swears he's not doing anything. In fact, he looks shook himself. We then ask it some more questions. When it decides to stop and no longer wants to work, when I have my hands on the planchette, I get frustrated and think it's a good idea to call it fake and demand that it answers. Alberto decides to do it himself and asks why it won't respond to us. T A Y L O R Taylor G E T Get O U T Out Taylor Get Out it spells. At this point, my 15-year-old ego was hurt that it told me to get out of my own room. So I started insulting it and taunting whatever it was. We were getting absolutely nowhere with my hand on the planchette, so I decided to watch Alberto as I asked questions. How did you die? M U R D E R Murder Alberto's hand moved swiftly without effort. Clearly, I could visibly see that he was not the one making these movements. G E T Get O U T Out Get Out, it said again. Now I was frustrated and called it out. I asked him where he was. L O O K Look I N N M I, R, R, O, R, mirror, look in mirror, shook, chills went through my whole body. Behind me stood the walk-in mirrors that my stepdad mounted on my wall, which reached up to the ceiling. It was a rather big mirror, basically. Hell fucking no, I told it. To this day, I still wonder what would have happened if I was brave enough to look behind me. G E T get I N N C L O S E T closet get in closet. Now at this point, I was over it. Terrified finally, this thing clearly wasn't okay with me. 
I felt this sense of dread in my stomach and it was time to stop. I don't quite remember if we said goodbye or not because after that last remark, it didn't seem like this was going anywhere. We were definitely past the point where we needed to rinse out our poor hair and because we were scared, we agreed to use my mom's bathroom. Because we were leaving my room unattended, there was no way I was going to leave the board visibly out as my stepdad was super religious and would have been very upset if he found it out. I stuck it under my Bob Marley blanket and we were off rinsing our hair. It's now pretty late and Alberto begs me to drive him home, but I'm terrified after what we just experienced. I begged my mom to come with us, but she wouldn't relent, so I was stuck doing it. We went back to my room to gather his things when my heart sunk into my stomach. This Ouija board was laying flat across my bed on top of my Bob Marley blanket, as if someone pulled it from underneath and fixed the blanket. I swore at Alberto and told him to stop messing with me. But we were both in my mom's room the entire time, and we were the only three in the house. At this point, I tell my friend, I'm not going anywhere now, but he somehow convinces me to take him home. My only solace in the situation is to take a crystal with me, and I even gave him one. The entire trip back home by myself was incredibly uncomfortable. I refused to look into the mirrors as I drove, and I felt a weird presence for the rest of the night. Imagine that. When I go home, I immediately put back all of my belongings where they were before, cleansed my crystals and my room with sage. Things felt fine until I turned the lights off to sleep. For about a week, there was this constant sense of somebody watching me, and when my lights were off, I refused to look into the darkness, afraid of what I might see. I refused to sleep in the room without my dog, who usually didn't enjoy sleeping in my single bed, seeing as he was a big old boy, he's a pit slash mastiff, but my angel stuck it through all night and never left me, not even to sniff around. The next day on the bus ride to school, Alberto and I were way too excited to tell Victor about everything that happened, and he definitely did not believe us. It was a very short encounter, but little did we know that the next day, a slight obsession with the board would come upon us, and we had yet to really grasp the spirit world. You know, I find it extremely interesting that your room was well protected and blocked whatever negative energy was being emitted that night from the board. And it also makes me wonder if maybe there was something in the house or how a negative spirit got attached to a Ouija board that you bought from Spencer. So it makes me wonder kind of how that all happened. I know you mentioned to me separately and I didn't include this in the story, but I also hope to hear about the night Alfredo was possessed by a Native American spirit, but I guess that will have to wait, so thank you very much for sharing. Our next story comes from Bumpkin Witch, who remembered another encounter they had. And if you remember and want to hear the previous story they submitted, head to episode 9.
Hey Lainey, I loved your newest episode and it reminded me that I've been meaning to submit this to you since I heard my story on episode 9. That story happened on October 12th, thank you smartphone, and this story happened on October 30th. The subsequent dreams all happened shortly after October 31st. So on October 30th, 2018, as I mentioned in the Ouija board story, I practiced spirit work. Due to some unfortunate and tragic circumstances, I came up with my own personal way to leave offerings for those who pass before their time. I make spirit bottles with ingredients designed to soothe and comfort those they are dedicated to. Regrettably, there are four bottles on my altar. I went to go to bed, got up, went to the bathroom, and opened the bathroom door. My eyes were cast down toward the floor as the door opened inwards toward me. I saw the legs of a person standing in front of me, just a little too close to the door. They were wearing a pair of beat-up white tennis shoes, the kind of tennis shoes that should have been replaced a year ago. No holes, just well-traveled. They were wearing khaki pants, pants that were definitely a little too nice for tennis shoes, but the khakis also looked a little faded. This is all the information my mind grabbed before it realized intruder and I yelped and jumped backwards into the bathroom, snapping my gaze up to where I expected to see a face, but there was no one there. The person was gone. October 31st, 2018. There was nothing particularly weird about my dream. There was no reason to feel quite as uneasy as I felt. The details of the dream were so mundane and normal that I don't remember what exactly happened in the dream. I just remember that it was a slice of life. I was surrounded by friends, or at least they looked like my friends. I was laughing, albeit somewhat nervously. Across the bar was a friend of mine. I cannot remember which friend, I think it was a she. So she was laughing too and her eyes flashed at me. It was just for a moment, a millisecond, so fast that I thought I imagined it. Her eyes flashed that hollow, pale, yellowish, greenish color, like a cat's eye when they're on the hunt. I've seen those eyes since then, across multiple dreams on many faces, but this was when they first appeared. The dream is the reason I keep a dream journal. November 2nd, 2018. I was asleep and it was the middle of the night. I felt something floating above me. I felt its presence. After the presence appeared, I felt hands, about six of them being dragged against me, lightly grasping at me from the other side of the covers, then grasping at me more desperately. I woke up screaming, stop, stop, no, stop. About a week after Halloween, the spooky activity really seemed to calm down. What I saw on the 30th did not have a threatening or uncomfortable presence, so I'm guessing it came from one of my spirit bottles or was potentially a nice spirit from my board, since that was before I cleansed it. As for the other two, it's arguable that they were just dreams, but I guess that all depends on what you believe. Wow, your stories just continue to get better and better. 
Now, I don't know how you manage to keep the things you have for the spirits bottled up, but I'm hoping whatever it is just continues to stay in there from now on. The dreams are really interesting, and I'm wondering if there is someone out there who can interpret your dream and why you may be seeing the cat eyes. If a listener has a theory, I'd love to hear it, and I'm sure Bumpkin Witch would too, so feel free to send in your explanation, and I'll read it on the show. Our final story comes from Bailey, who shares her mother and sister's ghostly encounter. Okay, so this is my mother's story. Long story short, my grandmother's house is haunted. Years ago, my mother told me about a time when she was a teenager and living in my grandparents' basement. It was late at night and she had school the next day, therefore was not allowed to be on the phone after 7 p.m. My mother told me that she used to stay up late and talk to my father on the phone every night. One night in particular, My mom was laying in her bed, talking to my dad, when she heard heavy footsteps going down the hallway upstairs. Immediately, my mom told my dad she had to go so she wouldn't get caught by my grandparents and quickly hung up the phone. A few minutes later, my mom decides to go upstairs to see who woke up and just confirms she didn't get caught on the phone at such a late hour. When she goes upstairs, she notices all the lights remain off and the house is quiet as a mouse. Both my grandparents are snoring away in their bedroom. My mom thought she was hearing things. She could have sworn she heard someone walking upstairs. They were fairly loud footsteps. She shakes it off and goes back downstairs to call my dad back. Not too long after getting my dad back on the phone, she heard the footsteps again, only this time they were just a little bit louder and a little bit faster. Instead of getting off the phone with my dad, she decided to just put the phone down and ran upstairs real quick to catch someone in the act. But again, the house is quiet. Grandparents snoring. There was nothing there. My mom then checked all the upstairs rooms and even the closets, trying to convince herself that she was not crazy. She then ran back downstairs and told my dad that there is a ghost and she keeps hearing someone or something running through the house. This is something that has always stuck with her as it was the first time she encountered anything that odd in their new house. Years later, my older sister was maybe around six or seven years old when she was staying with my grandparents. Instead of sleeping in the basement where my mother's room was, she stayed in the spare bedroom at the end of the hall that we called the back bedroom. I don't remember too much about her story because I was so young at the time, but my sister woke up one night hearing footsteps going down the hallway. My grandparents' bedroom was within eyesight, so she knew it wasn't them. From what I remember, she woke up and started to walk down the hallway and into the living room, and then stopped at the top step of the split foyer stairs. That's when she saw her, or rather, it. My sister, now 25, still to this day, swears by what she saw. A young girl around my sister's age. Now, I'm not sure how the encounter went, but the next morning when she was talking to my mom about it, she said the girl was friendly. This freaked my mom out. 
My mom never told us about her ghost experience from when she was a teen in that house. My mom dove into research. What my mom was able to uncover was chilling, to say the least. The couple that my grandparents bought the house from when my mother was a teen in the 1980s were a young couple, and they even had a beautiful landscaped mural painted almost covering the entire wall by the staircase. We found out that they were selling the house to get away from the house. I guess their young daughter was terminally ill and had passed away in that house. You guessed it. The back bedroom. My grandparents still live in the house. I always think about my mom and sister's stories when I'm over there visiting them. I can only hope that the little girl was about to move on. After all, my sister did say she was friendly. What do you think? Spooky or are my mom and sister just crazy? Oh, I don't think either of them are crazy at all. And it's really interesting that the little girl may have been the one causing mischief in the house, trying to tease your mom and maybe make friends with your sister. Maybe because she was terminally ill, it was difficult for her to do something she wasn't able to do, which was be a child. So I hope that she did find peace and I'd be curious if someone staged her out or, you know, told her it was okay to rest in peace. What I find interesting about these stories, especially involving our grandparents, is that they admit later on that they know their house is haunted and they themselves kind of offer that gentle nudge to have the spirit move on. So I'd be curious to see if your grandparents think the same thing about the house being haunted and if they maybe have seen or talked to or urged the little girl to move on. Okay, well, that wraps up this episode. If you'd like to submit your own personal spooky tale to be read on the show, head to hauntedpod.com and click on the link to submit your story. You can also email me at hauntedpod at gmail.com. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a positive review on Apple Podcasts or your podcast player of choice. It really does help us out. You can find us on Twitter at podcast underscore haunted or at hauntedpod.com. Audio engineering and custom music for the show was provided by Nico at We Talk of Dreams. Check him out on Twitter at We Talk of Dreams or WeTalkOfDreams.com. Until next time. Did you hear that? <laughs>